The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank, the power of possible. Learn more at usbank.com slash newsroom. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, July 9th. In today's news, President Trump is keeping up the suspense on his Supreme Court pick, which he'll announce tonight. Seven former Ohio State wrestlers have now come forward to say Jim Jordan knew, or must have known. And the United States threatened to cut aid to Ecuador if it didn't withdraw a resolution to encourage breastfeeding. But first, the big idea. Trump's confusion about Bush's slogan illustrates his narrow view of the presidency. Donald Trump sounded genuinely baffled by George H.W. Bush's 1988 campaign slogan, A Thousand Points of Light. While riffing during a rally in Montana last Thursday night, the 72-year-old president said he was always confused by what Bush was talking about. And by the way, you know, all the rhetoric you see here, the thousand points of light. What the hell was that, by the way? Thousand points of light. What did that mean? Does anyone know? I know one thing. Make America great again, we understand. Putting America first, we understand. Thousand points of light. I never quite got that one. I'm trying to say, what the hell is that? Has anyone ever figured that one out? And it was put out by a Republican, wasn't it? Well, here's the history. Bush, who was seeking election after two terms as Ronald Reagan's vice president, believed America was already great and didn't need to be made great again. He explained what he meant by a thousand points of light during his inaugural address 30 years ago. I've spoken of a thousand points of light of all the community organizations that are spread like stars throughout the nation doing good. Bush believed that the president's job is primarily to serve others. The old ideas are new again because they're not old. They are timeless. Duty, sacrifice, commitment, and a patriotism that finds its expression in taking part and pitching in. The same week Bush made those comments, Reagan evoked John Winthrop's City Upon a Hill in his farewell address to the nation. Reagan praised America's generosity of spirit and said the United States should not build walls, and if it does, there should be doors that open to anyone with the will and the heart to get here. America is still a beacon, Reagan said, a magnet for all who must have freedom, for all the pilgrims from all the lost places who are hurtling through the darkness toward home. Trump's confusion about a thousand points of light speaks to a bigger reality, and it reflects the degree to which he has a different conception of the presidency than most of his predecessors. He's done nothing to indicate that he sees unifying or uplifting the country as central responsibilities of his job. Franklin Roosevelt once explained that the presidency is not merely an administrative office. He believed that was the least of it. He said, quote, it is preeminently a place of moral leadership. That's how most Republicans and Democrats have viewed the job until now. But whether it's the family separation policy or his insistence after the violence in Charlottesville last summer that both sides were to blame, the president has made clear time and time again that he doesn't see moral leadership as one of his duties. During the Republican National Convention in 1988, Bush explained what motivated him. I say it without boast or bravado. I fought for my country, I've served, I've built, and I'll go from the hills to the hollows, from the cities to the suburbs, to the loneliest town on the quietest street, to take our message of hope 
and growth for every American, to every American. I will keep America moving forward, always forward, for a better America, for an endless, enduring dream and a thousand points of light. This is my mission, and I will complete it. Compare that to Trump's speech at the Republican convention in 2016, when he declared, quote, I alone can fix it. Trump's belief in his own abilities has often led him to pursue top-down solutions. But conservatives have historically believed in the ingenuity of individuals, not the state, to imagine innovative solutions at the local level, which can then be replicated and scaled up elsewhere. You might call it a thousand points of light. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the president said Sunday that he is close to making his final decision on who to nominate for the Supreme Court. He'll announce his pick from the White House at 9 p.m. Eastern time. He remained coy when talking to reporters as he returned to the White House from a weekend at his New Jersey golf course. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's still, let's say it's the four people, but uh, they're excellent. Everyone, you can't go wrong, but I'm getting very close to making a final decision. Those four candidates are Brett Kavanaugh, Thomas Hardiman, Raymond Kethledge, and Amy Barrett. Hardiman, who is a newer addition to the shortlist, is a recommendation of Trump's sister, who's a federal judge, Marianne Trump Barry. Hardiman's working class roots are seen as a plus inside the White House. He drove a taxi during his days as a law student at Georgetown University. He's also being pushed hard by Rick Santorum, the former senator from Pennsylvania. Meanwhile, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell called Trump last week to say that he's concerned about Kavanaugh and his long paper trail from working as a prosecutor for Ken Starr during the impeachment investigation into Bill Clinton and for more than a decade on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, where you take up many issues of national importance. McConnell believes Trump should pick someone with a thinner record so that there's less for Democrats to work with as they marshal opposition. Number two. Republican Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio is facing growing scrutiny on Capitol Hill after seven former Ohio State University wrestlers have now come forward to say Jordan knew or must have known about sexual abuse in the program while he was a coach. One of the most direct charges comes from a former wrestler who said that he once asked Jordan and another coach to accompany him to an examination so that the doctor would not touch him inappropriately again. That doctor, Richard Strauss, is under investigation by Ohio State after accusations surfaced that he abused athletes during more than two decades at the school. Strauss committed suicide in 2005. Jordan, the founder of the Conservative Freedom Caucus and one of the most powerful Republicans in Congress, very much wants to run for Speaker of the House next year, with Paul Ryan retiring. He firmly denies any wrongdoing. When the House reconvenes on Tuesday, many Republican rank-and-file members are going to face questions about this controversy for the first time. Number three, public health officials are shocked after Trump administration officials threatened massive punishment for Ecuador if that government refused to drop a resolution at the World Health Organization meeting that encouraged breastfeeding. The New York Times reports that Washington said it would penalize Ecuador by implementing restrictive trade measures and withdrawing crucial military aid. The Ecuadorian government immediately backed down, forcing health advocates to find another sponsor for their resolution, which, by the way, was toothless. 
At least a dozen countries then refused, out of fear of retaliation from the Americans, to sponsor the resolution. During deliberations, some American delegates even suggested that the United States might cut its contribution to the World Health Organization. This aggressive move is just the latest example of the Trump administration siding with big corporate interests, in this case, the manufacturers of baby formula, on both health and environmental issues. The $70 billion baby food industry is dominated by a handful of American and European companies, and it's seen sales flatten in recent years as more women embraced breastfeeding, which every study shows is healthier for babies. Ultimately, the Trump administration's efforts were for naught. Russia sponsored the measure. Notably, the United States did not threaten the Kremlin or complain when Moscow did it. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, July 9th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.